they say my dialect, meaning, you know, something something like a journey of a thousand miles, you know, begins with a step. You understand? And if I also want to be like a pastor, I'll tell you that, you know, the Bible says, he who is faithful with little is faithful with much. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Afri New Podcast. This podcast is about nuclear technology and all its fronts using the African voice. And on today's episode, we have the rare privilege of welcoming Dr. Asuku Abdul Samad of uh, Center for Energy Research and Training in ABU Zaria. And we are going to have a very interesting conversation on applications of nuclear research reactors or nuclear reactors in general with him. He is a refined professional who has um, a license and he has successfully operated the nuclear reactor. And so you are not talking to just an ordinary person, but someone who has hands-on experience. And going forward in this conversation, we're going to have our co-host, Geraldine, taking the questions, taking the conversation on a new level, and also Charles Osuji, who will be taking the questions and answers. So please uh, listen up as we'll start this interesting and intriguing conversation uh, going forward. So I give it over to Geraldine as uh, she starts the conversation. Geraldine, please. Hello. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Dr. Asuku. It's nice to have you on the podcast today. Thank you very much. Good evening, Geraldine. Good evening. Thank you. Let's dive right into it. Brief introduction of who you are and what exactly that you do. Uh, uh, first of all, let me say good afternoon, good evening to everyone. Perhaps good morning, depending on where you're listening from. Yeah, uh, first of all, I'd like to thank the organizers of this event. I think they're doing a great job. I think, uh, you know, what they're doing is commendable. I think it is necessary also that we are having this conversation. I also think it is necessary that we continue to have these kinds of conversations. And uh, perhaps during the course of discussion, you get to understand why, as the host, uh, you know, correctly you know, introduced, I am from Okene, Kogi State, Nigeria. I'm married with two kids, two beautiful daughters. And uh, my place is where it's Okene, though, but we like to call it Auckland City. You know, uh, that's on a personal note. Now, professionally, I have a BSc in uh, physics. I have a master's degree in nuclear physics. I have a PhD in nuclear physics also and all from the prestigious Ahmadu Bello University, Azaria. Uh, my job description basically is uh, teaching and research, teaching in the Department of Physics, Ahmadu Bello University, Azaria, where I teach, you know, both, uh, you know, uh, undergraduate students and postgraduate students. I teach undergraduate students introduction to reactor physics, and I teach postgraduate students, you know, uh, nuclear reaction. Now, on the research side, uh, my research, you know, basically is being conducted here at the Center for Energy Research, you know, and Training. And uh, specifically, my area of research is in neutronics analysis and design of, uh, you know, uh, nuclear research uh, reactors. Uh, we have experience in the design and analysis of miniature neutron source reactors. We also have ex- uh, experience in the design of uh, trigger, you know, research, research reactors. So basically, this is what we do. And it must be very interesting to to be a research um, reactor uh, operator. So what is it like being being a research reactor 
operator and also a researcher what what's what's the fun and intriguing uh, aspect yeah. of your job yeah. description yeah yeah it's, it's it's a very interesting one thank you for the question you know uh it's for some people it is hard to uh you know kind of like construe when you try, when you tell them your your research staff you're also an academic staff of the university so they, they find it hard to 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 understand and when you tell them you work for the university and you also work for the Nigeria Atomic Energy Commission at the same time you understand so but basically what it entails is you do research and you teach in Ahmadu Bello University you understand as an academic staff but you also have you know other responsibility as a research staff of the Center for Energy Research and Training so for example uh, i was you know given a, a license for basi uh, operator of the Nigerian research reactor one by the Nigerian Nuclear Regulatory uh, Authority this uh, means that whenever the nuclear reactor is operating you i have to be you know uh, you know around you know to join the team of operators you know to do the uh, nuclear reactor operation i also have to take part in neutron activation analysis which is one very you know uh, fundamental you know aspect uh, or sorry uh, utilization of the nigerian research you know reactor i have to take part in maintenance also activities of the nigerian research reactors wow. so you see for 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 someone that is a research staff and also an academic staff it's it's not easy you know navigating through it sometimes you you have you know a thesis of students you know to read and assess at the same time you have classes both undergraduate and postgraduate to you know to to teach you also have mark scripts to mark and at the same time you're operating the research reactor you're maintaining the research reactor you're doing uh, you know neutron activation analysis so it's 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 not easy though but, but we can go for for the experience it's it's a really humbling experience So I I was thinking it was just going to be all fun and rosy but I don't know you are now sounding like it's not something I want to look forward to but it's uh, actually no, no, interesting no. There's because fun. there's fun in it especially you know, because uh, the passion okay. is there so you definitely derive from doing that but just that you know okay. it can be exhausting sometimes but the passion you know uh, is the fun that will drive you in to continue to give your best in it Have you always had interest in research reactors particularly there was at a point in your career you chose that i think i want to be in research reactors on the other than um, power reactors yeah i i understand but uh talking about my particular interest in research reactor somehow i i think uh, the answer to your question may be a little bit obvious you know as a research staff i do research and i do teaching academic staff i do research and teaching so basically the nuclear research reactor is one of the the tools you know you know that allows you to to do that research and also you know teach people you understand you try to bridge the gap between theoretical you know knowledge in the class and you know practical experience so that is the research reactor gives you that opportunity now why i think i also picked you know particular interest in research reactors is the fact that when if you look at the global trend if you look at you know the future and uh, the 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 fight for climate change and the rest uh, to fight you know climate change and and uh, the energy demand of the world you understand you'll see that nuclear power reactors are you know going to contribute to 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 these uh, these global needs and uh, you know in my place there's what they call this in my language is what they say they, uh, they, they say in my dialect ujana vairo horetetaien meaning you know uh, something something like uh, uh, a journey of a thousand miles you know begins with a step 
You understand? And okay. if, if I also want to be a, like a pastor, I'll tell you that, uh, you know, the Bible says, he who, he, he who is faithful with little is faithful with much. You understand? So the nuclear research reactor is a platform, is a huge platform. It is easy for you to give somebody a nuclear power plant to operate if the person has experience already in operating a nuclear research reactor okay. in the case of Nigeria for almost 20 years now than for you to give a nuclear power plant to somebody else who is a novice in the field. So it is that 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 uh, you know that reason that drives me that make me interested in nuclear research reactors. I believe it is that nuclear research reactor that gives that platform for ed- continuous education and training of of you know people and Nigerians you know in the field of nu- uh, of nuclear science and technology. Oh, that's that's very well. That's very interesting. It's uh, interesting to know that not just any other thing, but the the very need to bridge the gap between theory and practical is one major need for a research reactor. Nigeria has just one research reactor. Do you see any need why we should have more or does this one solve every research problem we have? Okay, Uh, talking about if uh, the Nigerian, uh, the current Nigerian research reactor one would be enough, you know, for us or if we need another research reactor. Well, technically speaking, you understand uh, it depends it depends on what we want why would we may need more research reactors first is is the fact that i have to tell you some of the limitations of the current research reactor we have uh, one of the applications of nuclear research reactor is in the area of uh, medical isotope production of medical and the current research reactor has a limited you know ability in that in that regard so but if we can have a high power, a high flux research reactor, like a multi-purpose research reactor, now it is very, it's very easy. You understand for us to now begin to talk about production of what radioactive. So going forward, we definitely need, you know, higher, you know, flux uh, research reactors in order for us to be able to produce medical isotopes because these medical isotopes have a lot of advantage for our people and use them in, you know, in the cure for to treat and manage, you know, cancer, a lot of cancer cases. So definitely we, we would need, you know, uh, a more research reactors, really high, more high, a high flux research reactor. And I can tell you, I can tell you for a fact, we are actually in that, in that, uh, we're looking in that direction already. In fact, we've had, we've, we've achieved a milestone in that direction, introduction of multipurpose research reactor for Nigeria. And uh, by God's grace, I know in no distant future, we would have a multipurpose research reactor in Nigeria. Oh, very well. That We look forward to, we really do look forward to that. Arising from one of the comments you made, I would want to ask, the research reactor in Nigeria was downgraded to low in uranium a few years ago. Does this have any effect on its um, radioisotope production? Or if we have this, react, this research reactor operating on highly enriched uranium, does that solve the issue of having another research reactor that would then be a multi-purpose and go ahead to produce radioisotopes. doesn't really solve the issue. Uh, and uh, I also would not like to call it downgrading of, okay. of the research reactor. It is not really a downgrading per se. Uh, in fact, it's, it's a positive thing to do for the research reactor uh, because, you know, in the nuclear industry, we have principles. We have very, very basic principles. One of the very basic principles of of the nuclear uh, you know industry is non-proliferation, non-proliferation, and Nigeria is a signatory to the non-proliferation trade. 
So now, in the aspect of non-proliferation, we do not want, you know, a case where, you know, uh, unauthorized people, you understand, or non-state actors would have access to nuclear materials. So the idea of combustion, you know, is to consolidate on nuclear security, to be able to secure our nuclear, you know, materials. You understand, and so when you convert from high enriched uranium to low enriched uranium, you're not making, you're not downgrading the system. You're even actually making the system, you know, more secure. Because when a non-state actor gets a highly enriched or a high enriched uranium, it is very easy for that non-state actor to make a bomb from it, because the science is basically the same thing. You understand. Now, but when that non-state actor, you know, gets a low, you know, enriched uranium, <laughs> it's basically useless to him. You understand, but it is useful to us because yeah. we can still use it in our research. So it's not really downgrading per se; it's actually upgrading in terms of security and non-proliferation. But we are still maintaining, uh, you know, all the performance of the reactor. You understand? I've been involved in some simulations. I'll tell you for a fact that the reactor, even after combustion, you understand, has the same performance as you know before combustion. You know, the only you know, difference is perhaps in the uh, number of fuel pins. And in fact, in this particular reactor, we even have lesser number of fuel pins than the former. So it's not really downgrading per se, really upgrading of the security system, uh, or security by design of, of the reactor. So as answering your other question of whether, you know, it, it means there will be no need for a higher flux reactor, there will still be a need for a higher flux reactor because the conversion was done in such a way that you remove the high-enriched uranium core and you replace it with high, a low-enriched uranium core that would give you the same performance. By performance now, I mean, I mean neutron flux, which is the output yes. uh, of which we, we characterize the reactor by, you understand? Yeah. So the low-enriched uranium gives you the same neutron, neutron flux as the high-enriched uranium. So it's basically the same thing. So, But if you need to produce radioisotopes, you need more neutron flux, you understand? And so you need a high-power uh, research reactor, a high-flux research reactor, like multipurpose research reactors, you understand? You can have them, you know, in megawatts, 2 megawatts, 10 megawatts, you understand, research reactor. Well, in our own case here, the miniature neutron source reactor we have, the Nigerian research reactor one, is just about 34 kilowatt. So you can see the difference. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is a lot of difference. So uh, as an active researcher in the area of nuclear research reactor, what are the new trends? What What is in vogue? And how is Nigeria um, keying into these new trends? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of new trends, uh, in the in, in, in nuclear industry, you know, whether it be it research reactor or nuclear power reactors, one of the areas I think, I believe it's vogue now, is what they call sedent-tolerant fuels. You know, because the future, when you look at the, the trend, trend you know, currently everybody in the nuclear industry is talking about advanced nuclear reactors. Advanced nuclear reactors in such a way that we have systems that have very very high safety features you understand in order to meet these these uh, demands or these criteria then we are looking at wells that also have some very very unique properties and one of them is what they call accidental tolerant wells now these are wells that you know that when you have what we call loss of coolant accident in in the nuclear industry you understand when you have a loss of coolant accident these are wells that would still be able to contain the heat without the core melting for a long period of time you know that before 
there is intervention or there is you know uh, remediation or or sorry mitigation steps you know taken by operators. This is one trend: accident tolerance problems. And uh, personally, here we have uh, some master students under us. We, we've tried to bring them on to key into this area of research. We understand in accident tolerance problems. I also did some research during my PhD uh, in in some you know accidental and fall. So and we are we are making sure that uh, you know we we have some students that would also continue in that line. So that's one area that's vogue. Now the other area that's vogue in uh, in the nuclear industry is uh, the concept of proliferation resistance. Proliferation resistance. So and so what is happening is currently is there's 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 a push. Uh, kind of like integrating proliferation resistance in almost all the chain. You understand from all the fuel cycle chain of of nuclear, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, reactor. For example, from fuel, you know, processing to fuel design to construction to operation to decommissioning. You understand integration of proliferation resistance. But I would also paint a picture for you to to explain myself further. I'll give you an example. You can have a X number of proliferation resistance in that core. What you're trying to do basically is optimize the core to be able to, instead of using maybe 10 you know, fuel assembly, to be able to use a lesser number of fuel assembly, maybe five, and still get the same output from the reactor or get higher output. Because when you have an assembly that's 10, you understand. Now, the risk of you producing some new nuclear materials like plutonium, which is a fissile material from such a reactor, you know, is higher than when you have an assembly that is just five. So you see, in that way, you're integrating proliferation resistance in the design. That's one. Even in the operation, you know, even in the, uh, you know, decommissioning, there's proliferation resistance, you know, being, you know, uh, advanced in, in integration into, you know, the the nuclear chain. You understand? So this is another area that that is vogue in the nuclear industry. And even in this area, uh, we, we, we've started doing something like that, you know, on trigger reactors. And uh, we have PhD students also that are keen in that area. So this this is this is the, this is the trend. Now, that's a whole lot and so much hope for us. And for all, also, um, especially people in advocacy, to still get people to accept nuclear with an assurance of safety. And I think that is one thing I like very well about the nuclear industry, the fact that research never dies. Every day, new inventions and innovations, we just wake up to them. Uh, it's a very good one to know that you are also part of this innovation and the uh, innovation community of the nuclear industry so um here in africa which we are we we know there is a strong opposition to nuclear um energy nuclear uh, um, um uh, use of nuclear materials in general we find a very strong opposition and everybody keeps pointing to nuclear accidents as the number one cause of concern for them now why do you think in africa we should consider nuclear power plants. Also looking at the fact that we have abundance of natural um, resources that could also provide energy for us. Why should we look at nuclear energy? It's because we have a lot of misconceptions still in uh, in Africa. And uh, you would not blame people really because uh, people fear basically what they do not know. You understand? People fear what they do not know. But uh, I'll give you an example, you understand, and I'll give you a fact also. 
despite the fact that you know Fukushima happened, the fact still remains that till date, there is no direct death you know that can be linked to Fukushima accident from uh, radiation exposure. You understand? There is no direct death that can be linked you know from radiation exposure to you know Fukushima accident. So that tells you a lot. And this fact, a lot of opponents of you know of the nuclear industry don't can cannot swallow it. You understand? Because the it's as if they, they just want bad news, you understand, uh, about nuclear. But the truth is, nuclear isn't uh, more risky than any other, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a new, a energy source. In fact, I can also tell you one thing for a fact, that if you look at the actual risk, you understand, of nuclear, factual risk of nuclear, for example, in the last 20 years, you look at how many people have died from nuclear, so how many people have died from other energy sources. From nuclear, you get basically zero, you understand, compared to other sources of energy so it is this fear that is making people you know uh kind of like reluctant you know in accepting you know it is now uh uh, our own uh, responsibility to continue to have these kinds of discussion to let people understand you know why nuclear is very very you know uh important so despite the fukushima accident for africa for the african region uh there is still a lot of benefits and also it is also important to let the people Know that difficult as a, as a region in Africa, we still have to consider you know uh, the nuclear uh, in, uh, technology because the advantages far outweigh the risk. You understand, and this is another yeah. basic principle of nuclear, and this is another basic principle of, of the nuclear industry, nuclear energy to be precise. It is that the the the, the benefits you know must far outweigh you know the risks. And for the African region, I believe personally that the benefits for nuclear technology far outweigh the risks. That people are only scared because it is a technology they don't know. You understand? I'll give you an example. People also don't know that, in fact, they are exposing themselves to to more radiation outside the nuclear industry in some cases than they would get in the nuclear industry. For example, I've been an op- uh, you know operating the reactor for a while now, and I can tell you for a fact, our radiations have been you know, monitored on a daily basis, whenever we have to operate, you understand. And it's basically very, very safe. But we have people that go to the hospital to get themselves, uh, you know, uh, to use x-ray. And they don't know that these x-rays are actually even sometimes more dangerous than even the nuclear power plant itself. So until we keep, you know, educating our people, we keep letting our people know that the benefits of nuclear far outweigh, you know, the conceived risks, you understand, then this is how people will get to, you know, uh, uh, accept the technology. Uh, I want to use this opportunity to note that you are a very good teacher. <laughs> like you teach. <laughs> this is not just you answering <laughs> questions and attending to concern. This is you teaching, taking out your time to to dissect points and make it as simple as possible. So Nigeria is looking forward to 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 having its own nuclear program. A lot of African countries. We see Kenya. We see Ghana, who was part of the page at COP28. We see even Uganda and um, Morocco and Egypt are really making active efforts. So what do you have? What exactly do you want to make Africa know in terms of nuclear? We know the advantages. We understand the advantages. But this is now Africa, something peculiar to Africa. What do you think we also need to put into consideration as we go into our nuclear programs? 
a lot of things. You see, uh, the nuclear industry, always go back to the basic principles of the nuclear industry because these principles are what will guide you, you understand. Now, one of the basic principles of nuclear industry is, you see, one, you know, one of the issues and, and uh, uh, basic principles of the nuclear industry, because always I like to go back to the basic principle. So one of the basic principles of the nuclear industry is the fact that the nuclear technology must be scientifically sound. It is also the fact that it must also be politically correct. So you cannot have a nuclear industry that has a sound scientific background, but has a poor political backing. You can also not have a nuclear program you know, that have a strong political backing, but a poor scientific background. So the two must be together, must work together. You understand? So as a region in Africa, you understand, I what, what I what I say, what I want to say that we need to uh, to do is to continue to intensify efforts in the area of you know creating that infrastructure, that human development, that skilled professional we need. You understand to be able to to continue the the nuclear uh, to be able to not just enter into the nuclear you know programs, but also to continue it because as a as a principle also of the nuclear industry. It's not just about having the sound, you know, scientific, you know, background or having the right political backing. It also has to be sustainable. You understand? And why is that? Because this industry is a very, very, very knowledge-driven industry. It's a very knowledge-driven industry. I'll give you another example. You see, let's say one in a hundred have heard something about nuclear. You understand? They know something about nuclear. One in a hundred. Maybe those that have done nuclear physics in secondary school. Maybe those that have watched film where they call it nuclear. You understand? Maybe medical doctors that operate x-rays. You know, so one in a hundred, no nuclear. But if you look at the entire self-well cycle of the nuclear technology, you understand? And you need, you want to find competent people, highly skilled people, you know, with this knowledge. In Nigeria here, you understand, for example, in a country of more than 200 million people, I don't think, you know, up to 1% of this country, you know, you get highly skilled, competent people, you understand, that are very competent in all the uh, foil cycle of, of, of the nuclear industry. Uh, you understand, all the chain of the nuclear industry from foil, uh, you know, uh, enrichment to uh, design to construction, operation, decommissioning, waste management, and the rest. So it's very rare to find. It's a very, very rare kind of knowledge. You understand? And because it's a very rare kind of knowledge, then it behoves on us to intensify efforts to make sure that we don't just get these professionals trained, highly trained, but the training has to be deliberate, it has to be calculated, and it has to be sustainable. Because, for example, you do not, you can't have a system, you know, where uh, maybe in the next 20 to 30 years, uh, you would have some very high-skilled professionals retire and you don't have people to replace them. So you need to have that plan. When these people retire, these people replace them. These people retire, these people retire. So it has to be sustainable, basically. You understand? So that is one advice I think I would like to give, you know, ourselves as Africans, you know, and, and the region that we have to put in consideration that this, you know, pro this nuclear power program we want to go into is very beneficial, but also we should not forget the basic principle that if we enter into it, we must be able to sustain it. And we must, you know, have deliberate, you know, efforts to 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 sustain it. That's one. Then 
Uh, another area is uh, also in trying to decide whether we are going for the conventional nuclear power plants. Some people say it's better we go for small molecular reactors. Well, it all depends. You understand? It all depends. But from my own little, you know, uh, knowledge, uh, I I believe that we have to put a lot of things into consideration like we have to look at our grid infrastructure and see if our grids can take conventional nuclear power plants or the smaller nuclear power plants we also have to look do, do our needs assessment and see what are our needs what are long-term goals short-term goals and like that so these are things we need to put you know into consideration another thing we need to put into consideration is the regulatory framework we need the right regulatory from framework you know for uh, for for this program for the nuclear power plants program and we need to train professionals also in this area because you know uh, one challenge in the nuclear industry is sometimes the regulatory requirements for a particular region might not be uh, the same for the regulatory requirement for another region you understand you know depending on the type of and also even for the type of reactor the regulatory requirement for a particular type of reactor might not be exactly the same with the regulatory requirement for another type of reactor. So we need to be able to develop competent people, you know, competent regulators, competent authorities that will be able to make sure that our nuclear program is not just safe, it is also safe, it is sustainable, it is reliable, you understand, and uh, the benefits, you know, outweigh the risks. Doctor, you've been quite informative and very enriching in this conversation. I want to say very big kudos to you for the great work we have done, delving and dissecting different aspects of the conversation today. You've told us about the kind of reactor, your experience in the nuclear industry. You've you've really told us about the capability of our reactors and what we've been able to achieve with it and why we in Africa should uh, uh, delve into more like uh, being more sustainable and also build the expert and despite what has happened in the fukushima accident uh, we still need to go nuclear in africa i would like to ask since you are from kogi states i didn't know that until you have just told us now <laughs> so um coming from kogi state kogi state happened to be one of the proposed one of the sites for the proposed nuclear power plant uh, in nigeria so um uh, have you made any effort or do you hope to make any effort towards um um, I mean, talking with your government and what level, like, I mean, like, what have you done? To, uh, yeah, convincing your state governor or your government. I mean, have you reached any kind of level of discussion with them from the foregoing? <laughs> uh, <coughs> it's a tough one. It's a, it's a tough one. Uh, you know, uh, in nuclear industry, I have tough, 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 tough people there. You understand? So in the nuclear industry, I, I, I'm, I'm still... Uh, it's a very unique kind of industry, so I'm still down, down here. You understand? But luckily for me, you know, uh, I, I met some Chinese. I was able to, I, I met some Chinese during a meeting, you know, a technical meeting with some Chinese. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they, they just somehow, they said they were going to meet with uh, our governor, you know, for talks, you know, relating to nuclear technology, research reactors, nuclear engineering, developing curriculum in nuclear engineering, you know, and the rest. So I think it's a, it's a good step forward, you know, for my state particularly, you know, if it's one of the places, you know, considered for siting of a nuclear power plant, uh, because there's a lot of benefit, direct benefit that it's going to, you know, bring to my people. On a personal note, uh, I've not got into that, you know, level of, uh, you know, interaction. These are, these are, these are left for the very senior, senior uh, diplomats and uh, 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 government experts. You understand? I'm not much of a politician. 
I'm more of a scientist, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I really, I really don't have much in that regard. Personally, what I do, I continue to do my advocacy, you know, or on my social media group. I've personally, I've sent a message once to as a senator, Senator Natasha Akoti, informing her of the benefits of you know nuclear science and technology nice. and why my state should intensify you know efforts in trying to consider nuclear science because one one very unique thing about my state is my state has always been in the news when whenever you is always in the news when they talk about Ajakuta steel company yeah one of the major things Ajakuta Ajakuta steel company needs is power sure. you understand sure. not just power you need power that is base load you need power that is sustainable and reliable sure. and it's only nuclear energy that would give you that you understand yeah. when the sun is down wind i don't know uh, sorry solar i don't know when there's no air wind i don't know you understand so my state needs to really look into this and when there is hamatan there is no network <laughs> <laughs> So uh, thank you, doctor, for such uh, an informative and also insightful uh, discussion. Uh, we are winding down in this conversation and welcome everyone to this episode of the AfriNuke podcast. Uh, we are giving the chance for anyone who wants to ask a question to do so. Please type it in in the chat box and there will be a time given after this um, session for you to for doctor to consider your questions accordingly. So as we winding down in this conversation, doctor, I wanted to ask you, I know you are experienced in the nuclear industry, but uh, relatively you might be new and there are some things that might be boggling your mind, both either in the local nuclear industry or maybe on the regional or international front. What do you think is wrong with the nuclear industry from your own standpoint and how do you think it should be approached towards solving it? Uh, uh, in terms of what is wrong, you know, with the nuclear industry, uh, I, I think I, I would I would I would like to rephrase the question Maybe to say what are right? the challenges, okay, you know? Fine. Yes, yes, of the nuclear industry. You understand? So, like every other industry, uh, would be lying if we say we do not have challenges. One of the major challenge, you know, we have is the issue of nuclear waste. You understand? You know, people talk about nuclear waste. Uh, no country wants to keep nuclear waste. Every country wants the you know the good side of it, but they don't want the nuclear waste and all that. And uh, it's not as if nuclear waste is any more you know uh, very dangerous because right now we have the technology, we have the science. You understand nuclear waste, for example, you see them in uh, concealed in, in in dry storage tanks. You understand. And uh, there is a technology talking about underground repository where these weeds will be kept. But basically, it's it's one challenge we're having. You understand? What do we do with the waste? Is a big question. It's a big challenge. What do we do with with the waste? Do we keep it for thousands of years? Because most of these, you know, uh, uh, radioisotopes, you know, have very long half life. Do we keep it, you know, for a thousand of years? Do we bury it under the ground? You understand? If we want to bury it under the ground, you know. Is every state responsible for its nuclear waste? Not all states agree, because not all states have the infrastructure to be able to, you know, to keep a nuclear waste. For example, if you're talking about repository, you understand, it's not all states that have that geological formation that is, uh, that's, that's a convenient, that is suitable for, for, for having a, a nuclear waste repository. You understand? So what do such countries do with their waste? The challenge is about the waste. Okay, so um, this is the concluding part of this conversation. Uh, Dr. Asuku, you've been very much enriching. You are like a beacon of, and an icon actually in the industry for the young people who are coming up and interested in nuclear technology. 
do you have any message from the nuclear industry or for the nuclear industry to the world and any parting words you have in that regard and if you are also opening yourself to mentoring and also to be a mentor to others uh, in the in the field and those who are interested in it okay uh, thank you very much for the question uh i'm done with mentoring <laughs> basically my job is research and teaching so i'm very open to collaborations you know i'm open to to students who would like you know to specialize in this area okay. i'm very open uh, to to students and uh talking about uh you know my message one message i'll tell people is that uh there is you see it is it is difficult people say for example let me give you an example the headquarters of the iea is austria now it is the headquarters of like the nuclear industry but ironically the iea has no single operational nuclear power plants do you know why because uh, one of their i think their chancellors is it chancellor they call their leader decided to say okay if you do not vote for nuclear technology because i, I told you as a basic principle the people must support nuclear sure. you understand so the leader said if you do not vote for nuclear technology i'll resign so he made a referendum and they said oh so if we don't vote for nuclear technology you resign okay we will not vote so they voted down and that's how till today there is a nuclear power plant there but it's not operating wow. you understand so my message to the world you know uh, from from nuclear is the fact that we need to continue to have these kinds of conversation you understand we need to continue to educate our people about the benefits of nuclear science and technology and be open you understand to them about also the risks you understand how the nuclear industry is a very very highly regulated industry very very safe industry you understand so we need to continue to to have you know these kinds of of, of conversation and why i brought that example you know uh, is that if we don't continue having this conversation it will be difficult to ask people to take a decision on nuclear and which is one of the first milestones in nuclear in the nuclear industry you have to make a decision that i want to go nuclear you understand yeah. but you can't ask somebody who doesn't have knowledge about something to decide about the same thing you understand that is not a good democracy i'm not against democracy by the way you understand so but i don't think that's a good way you understand to be democratic you know, the good way to be democratic is to be democratic you know in this in this wise is you inform the people about nuclear technology teach them about the benefits you teach them about the risk and you show them you prove to them that the benefits far outweigh the risks then you can now ask them whether to decide to go to for nuclear or not to decide to go, to go for nuclear so we need to continue to to engage stakeholders to engage people you understand and one thing again that is unique about the nuclear industry is i can ask you a question now for example i don't think there is any field presently you know that has no relationship with the nuclear industry i doubt is it engineering is it medicine is it social science mass communication is it law there is nuclear law is it accounting you understand yeah. is it business what is it you understand there's is it economics there's nuclear economics you understand so is it environmental environmental protection hmm. you understand there's absolutely almost no field without a link with the nuclear industry so people have to understand this that they have a role to play in the nuclear industry by the time people get to understand that they ha- all have roles to play in the nuclear industry i think they will keep in yeah we are all partners in progress and um 
Yes. So uh, this is the time for questions and answers. Uh, doctor has been very much resourceful thus far, but he may not have touched on different aspects that are bothering some people's minds. So I want to give it over to Charles now to take the questions and answers. Thank you very much. I think uh, some of our joined later. Doctor, I need you to throw more light on the first question. That someone asked, uh, is the research reactor in the SAT producing radiosotope? If they do, what are the radiosotope generators used for? Okay, okay. Uh, thank you very much again for, for the question. Like I said earlier, the research reactor in SAT is not used to produce radioisotope. You understand? In principle, uh, 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 you know, it's not used to produce radioisotope. Basically, the function of the research reactor in SAT here, Center for Energy Research and Training here, is basically for neutron activation, you know, analysis, education, and training. Uh, but that does not mean that there are no, uh, you know, very... Uh, minute, if I can use that word, radioisotopes that could be produced. In fact, we have uh, one of our colleagues here who has defended his PhD, Dr. Tukur, and uh, he worked in that area to see how possible it is for to use the Nigerian research to produce radioisotopes to put their economic scale radioisotopes with you know this kind of reactor. Yes, good, thank you very good. much. So, 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 that's why we are advocating for a, a a different kind of reactor called multipurpose research reactor. Is a research reactor that has a higher neutron flux than the current re research reactor we have. The current research reactor we have has a neutron flux of one to the power of twelve neutron per centimeter squared second. You understand? Whereas uh, the multipurpose research reactor has a flux of typically one to the power of you know, uh, 14, you understand? So you see the, the large gap uh, and the requirement for radioactive production. The current status of the Nigeria Research Reactor 1 don't have that ability to have uh, economic scale production of radioisotope. Thank you, Doctor. And thank you also to Dr. Tuko Mohamed because he just wrote to me that uh, research reactor inside actually produces radioisotope carbon 14 and bromine 82. So that it, can, it has been pro produced there. So thank you for your research. So the second question is asked by you know, the person did not name did not appear here. I think his name Samsung, whatever. So, but the question goes: What do you think are the expectations of the critical and major stakeholders of the nuclear industry in Nigeria, stroke Africa, from students and researchers in the nuclear industry? The expectations of the stakeholders from the researchers. Okay, uh, thank you very much. Uh, one of the expectations I would say. Or the is, is is the fact that we need to continue to do research. We need to continue the research in the nuclear industry. That's the expectation. We need a sustainable kind of research. We understand. We don't have. We don't. We don't. We, we don't have. Uh, we don't. For example, personally, you understand. I'm doing my research in this area of nuclear reactor design. So I also need to engage people to engage. Uh, postgraduates, you know, into this this field, you understand. So these are some of the expectations to continue to use nuclear science and technology, you understand, peacefully for the benefit of the region, the African region, and you know, Nigeria in particular. So I think these are the the expectations of of uh, of stakeholders in the in the industry. Thank you very much. The second part of the question is. Uh... Uh, the person is asking Nigeria with the enormous uh, energy resources. What are the plans of making nuclear power plant a reality in the country? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, one of the plans is what we are doing now. You understand? We are having the discussion. It's very important. And uh, like I said, you don't start climbing a tree from the top. 
you understand you, you understand you don't start climbing you don't jump on top of a tree you start climbing from the bottom you understand so already we have a research reactor so this is a step forward so this research reactor has been used and has continued to be used to train you know uh students and professionals you know we we receive a lot of students here from different universities for training we receive military personnel for training we understand on how so on the peaceful use of of, of of research reactors so it is that we continue to have you know these kinds of discussion seminars workshops you understand and we continue to operate our nuclear facility safely for peaceful use you understand and these are the things you know we need to continue to put in place you understand before talking about uh you know the nuclear you know power plants but even the nuclear power plant is still under consideration but i i don't have much information you know to, to share about with you in details about that thank you very much doctor the next question is coming from myself so i asked with the Jabba syndrome in the country what do you think should be done to return trained nuclear workforce and also ensuring continuous training and retraining of the workforce Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, well, this has to do with uh, I think I think the policymakers. You understand they have to make a nuclear sort of kind of like attractive. You understand. Uh, for example, we'll start from the wage. You understand the average wage of a medical doctor far outweigh that of you know an expert in the nuclear industry. And uh, if you look at the risks involved. You understand, uh, you understand, might not be, you know, the same, you understand. But start from, you know, salaries and wages, we try to uh, improve, you know, we try to call on government to, to, to consider improving salaries and wages for experts in the nuclear industry. This is a way to, to, to because it's all about money, you understand. So this is one way to, to go to retain our, our experts so they don't, you know, get trained here and leave us. You understand. So this is what we just need to continue to do, to continue to appeal to government, you know, to consider, you know, uh, increasing our wage, improving our, our wage, our welfare and, 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 and the right likes. So when we do this and also there's also need for 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 seriousness in, you know, in infrastructures and nuclear, uh, uh, should I say, installations, for example, you understand facilities, equipment and all that. These are the things we need to make people continue getting motivated. You understand? Recently, we had, you know, new detectors, you know, for 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 detecting gamma radiation, high-purity germanium, the germanium detector. So this is one very excellent thing. I think the chairman of the Nigeria Atomic Energy Commission has assisted in doing. You understand? You see, by this way, we continue to motivate people because when they need the facility, they know it is there. You understand? So that motivation to stay because they feel that they have the right environment to work is there. So these are the things I I, I think we need to continue to do. So a short and long irradiation type in which reactor is short and long oh, irradiation? I think what the person is trying to ask is if uh, there are reactors that can do short irradiation and those that can do long irradiation. Okay. Uh, every, okay. react, every reactor can do both short and long irradiation. It depends on your element of interest. You understand? Every reactor can do both short and long irradiation. So it doesn't matter. Okay, doctor. I think uh, the person that asked the, the second questions we presented to you is asking for more clarification on the expectation of uh, the stakeholders from researchers to students. So I don't know whether you can say one or two things about it so that he can clearly understand you. Okay, like I said, uh, the expectations. 
from from stakeholders you understand even the students are also stakeholders you understand everybody is a stakeholder in the nuclear industry you understand so but the expectation from ourselves is that like i said we need to continue to improve you know uh, to develop our skills to be competent professionals you understand and um, continue to sustain the research you understand in the new, in the nuclear industry clear related researches you understand so i think these are just this is just basically the expectation uh, you know uh, i think currently was it i read somewhere that uh, uh, through the efforts of the chairman of the nigeria atomic energy commission the minister of education is now i think has considered or has approved something like that uh, the inclusion of like nuclear engineering into the curriculum you understand of of postgraduates i think also and on graduate so this is a very uh, you know good step in the in, in the right direction so the expectation is that we continue to improve ourselves and we continue to to be competent you understand and responsible in the use of of, of nuclear science and technology thank you very much dr asuku it's been very informative and um, insightful discussing and also listening to you in this episode of the Afrinuk podcast. And on this note, we want to draw the curtain on today's episode. Please, uh, let's continue the conversation in our different neighborhoods on the benefits of nuclear technology. And in no time, we will have this plant working. And I promise you, it's going to be a very great time for us in this country and also in the continent. So with this, I want to say thank you and have a great evening watching the Nigerian-South African match. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Thank you.